When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. It's not Chris Schmidt. It's Elijah Herbal and Will Wilson in on today's Hale Varsity Radio, a St. Patrick's Day edition of Hale Varsity Radio. Uh, I've never personally been one to celebrate St. Patrick's Day all that much, but that's just because the one time I've been 21 for St. Patrick's Day, everything had just recently closed down. So maybe yeah. maybe this year is the year where, where I get out and, and uh, hit the bars, hit McKinney's maybe. I don't know. No plans yet, but right now. Got a lot planned for the next two hours for the St. Patrick's Day edition of Hale Varsity Radio. Before we get into everything coming today, Will, happy St. Patrick's Day to you. How you doing today, brother? Uh, I'm doing great. Doing good. Happy Thanksgiving. I Thanksgiving. Totally, or Thanksgiving. Gosh, see, that's I totally forgot it was St. Patrick's Day. Can't even get the uh, right holiday correct. Yeah, that's the thing is I woke up this morning and I, I knew St. Patrick's Day was like coming up. Um, there are people like out wearing green this weekend. Like I knew it, we're in March. The Shamrock shakes out at McDonald's. Like I know that St. Patrick's Day is coming. But then I woke up this morning and saw like on my Facebook and Twitter, everyone saying like Happy St. Patrick's. I'm like, it's today. It is today. I had to go like back to my closet and throw on a green jacket today just to get my little bit of green in the outfit. Yep. You just have, you just have to have a little bit. That's all that matters. I, I, are you Irish? I see you're not wearing much green in there. Uh, I do. I, I do have some green on under that cap there. You can see it. I am a little bit Irish. I do have some family from over there um so but you know i i know some irish people just freak out about this it's it's okay you know it's a good reason to drink good reason to drink yeah. and corned beef hey corned beef is good if the irish did anything right it was corned beef agreed goes perfectly with sauerkraut um I, i'm much more the, the food guy than the drinking guy in saint patrick's day it's a wednesday night for crying out loud i got stuff to do tomorrow i got class in the morning and the irish thinking crazy but i can have some corned beef the Irish do sing uh, great soul music as well. Just wanted to add that. Do they? They do. Well, a lot planned for this St. Patrick's Day edition of Hale Varsity Radio. Going to talk a little Husker baseball, a little NCAA tournament, or I should say a lot of NCAA tournament as the tournament kicks off tomorrow with the playing games. Full first round begins on Friday. I know Will and Hooksy are going to be down in the rail yard on Friday. We'll be producing the show for them on Friday, and I'm heading down to the rail yard to go join them uh, for a full day of watching the NCAA tournament. Uh, we have got prizes coming up Friday as well. Yep, we got prizes first. 64 people through the doors get get some free stuff okay and it's some cool stuff i've seen it you, you, you can't spill the beans on, on what's what the prizes are no you got to show up got to show up okay long I'll, I'll be there yeah doors open at 10 30 we'll be live there so go ahead and tune in we'll be live there 9 to 11 but you know of course we're gonna we're gonna stick around watch some ball drink some beer eat some wings and we want to hang out with you guys so come on out also get your bracket uploaded to esp and you could win some prizes doing that as well there he is will wilson uh gotta say like 
I've cleared my, my schedule Friday to go hit Longwells, go watch basketball all day. Um, and I should be noted, no Hail Varsity Radio tomorrow, no Hail Varsity Radio Friday. Uh, we will be back for the Saturday morning edition on Saturday. Mark Cranach, Damon Barr, and myself. And then no show again Monday as it's going to be wall-to-wall NCAA tournament coverage here on ESPN Lincoln. So not going to be time for Hail Varsity Radio. If you need your, uh, your fix, though, again... Hooks and Friends. That's not the show name anymore, is it? It's the Morning Hookup. The Morning Hookup. That's, that's a right. very catchy name. That's Thank the you. new name of the morning show here on ESPN Lincoln uh, with Bill Hooks and Will Wilson. They're going to be down at Longwell's Friday morning, 9 to 11. Go join them, get some sick prizes, watch some basketball. It's going to be a good time down there on Friday. So we're going to be talking a lot of NCAA tournament today. Also going to be talking with Mike Babcock at 425. Uh, going to talk some Husker baseball, as well as uh, get some insight on his bracket. Uh, excited to talk with Husker historian Mike Babcock and then coming up at 440 we have Wilderness Ridge golf pro Mike Schuhart coming in to wrap up uh, the players championship which is over the weekend uh, looking ahead to the masters also want to get some bracket insight from him uh, as we still have like pretty much 24 hours to lock in your bracket uh, no 48 Ooh, wait. I think it doesn't it's Friday because you, you have through the playing games to, to get your bracket yeah, locked in and I think it goes all the way up until tip off yeah I so, think so we, so we should have Friday till 11 so getting some bracket insight from them uh, and then coming up in hour two we are going to do a full it's not uh, it's the Friday forecast but it's on a Wednesday so I can't really call it the Friday forecast uh, it's a Wednesday edition of the Friday forecast no shows uh, tomorrow and Friday as I said so we're going to be doing our forecast today looking ahead to the first round of the NCAA tournament that's all coming up here on Hale Varsity Radio numbers to get in today 402-466-3776 402-466-ESPN or you can also call 1-800-825-5865 that's how you uh, call the show today you can also get connected with will and i on twitter at willie on the radio for will at herbal essences for myself we are active on twitter and we will get your uh, your thoughts if you tweet at us make some time for him on the show but i want, want to start the show off today talking a little bit of husker baseball uh as they didn't have the most uh successful weekend dropping their last two games this weekend uh but again in a weird four game weekend like that uh where you're playing at a I mean, a football field, yeah, a football stadium it, it on insane. artificial turf. It, it's goofy. It's weird. Huskers still in the top five of the Big Ten with a lot of season left to play. So it, it's no, uh, yeah, I mean, no warning whatsoever. Like, sp- there's, there's not alarm bells ringing just yet. Not at all. I mean, splitting that series isn't a bad thing. Those are two decently good teams. So I, I'd take two and two, and you definitely could have at least gone three and one. Yeah, I mean, you had opportunities. You tied a few of those games. So bats just kind of went dead. Got some thoughts from Will Bolt coming up here in a second. Uh, but what's interesting is the Huskers turning around, going to Iowa City this weekend, taking on the Hawkeyes. They already played the Hawkeyes twice this weekend. Uh, so you kind of get that that sneak preview last week, and now you get the, the full chance. You get a full week of preparation. You've seen uh, some of the starting pitching that uh, Iowa has. You're going to be able to facing some of those same guys again. You've, you've gotten your chance uh, to just see the Hawkeyes. Now we're going to turn around and uh, and head back out to Iowa City and get a three-game series with the Hawkeyes this weekend. First time the Huskers have been in Iowa City since 2019. And I have a fun story here. Mm. Before we get to Will Bolt, I was actually on the team bus. I was on the trip for that trip out to Iowa City back in 2019. Uh, Darren Erstad was still the head coach. I was uh, the video guy. You and were a junior? Uh, that would have been my sophomore year. Your sophomore? Okay. So I was on the team bus. I was, I was the video guy filming for Husker Vision. And... Darren Erstad cannot stand Iowa. 
Really? Before we got off the team bus, we, we pulled up. Uh, we're right outside the stadium before the first game. And uh, like as a video guy, as a staff guy, the, the team, they're all cool, so they sit at the back of the bus. Okay. And then we have to go sit up at the front of the bus next to the coaching staff. So before we get off the bus, Darren Erstad stands up and gives one of the most expletive-laden pregame speeches I've ever heard from a baseball coach ever. Like I didn't know that was in Darren. Neither did I until I'm sitting there, and he was just going off oh on Iowa. God. And... Uh, that that just sticks out vividly in my memory, and I didn't really get it until I was like traveling with the team out in Iowa City, and I'm just like walking downtown wearing a Husker polo, and there's people like rolling down their windows, driving by, yelling at me. There's uh, people on the street corners saying, "Oh, how'd you like that loss today, huh?" And I'm like, "I'm the video guy. Like, don't don't come look. I'm not a baseball player. I don't care if the baseball team wins like that much. Like, it's baseball. You're gonna drop games here and there, but all these Iowa fans are just yelling and giving me." Well, it's Iowa City. I self-centered there for a second. It's Iowa City. What do you expect? Man, that trip was just – it was a little bit eye-opening. But Huskers now returning to Iowa City. Will Bolt met with the media this morning via Zoom uh, as he was discussing the weekend that passed and looking ahead to Iowa. And and he started off by discussing the team's response that he's seen in practice uh, as the Huskers started off the year so hot. The bats were on fire. Uh, the pitching was doing very well as well. Uh, but then the Husker bats seemed to go quiet uh, in those last two games on Sunday. So we'll, we'll both discuss how the team responded in practice this week. Yesterday came out. Um, we had actually addressed it the week before. You know, we would. It's easy to come out on a Tuesday practice when usually you're playing games on Tuesday um, when you've won three in a row. Um, I actually talked about it last week. I said, hey, there's going to be a time where we come out on these Tuesdays and we may not have had a great day on Sunday and we got to respond the right way. And so uh, no no worries there at all. We've got great leadership on our team. Uh, they came out ready to get better. I mean, that's kind of been the mantra of this team every day is just we're going to show up and work hard and, and get better today. And, and we were able to do that yesterday. And what was interesting about the Husker losses on Sunday was is it, it wasn't the pitching. And that's kind of what the, the narrative on this team going into the season was, was that uh, the bats are going to be fine. There's a lot of experienced hitters in the lineup and a lot of guys that were pretty uh, highly recruited coming out of high school uh, for their batting ability. And that it was the pitching staff that was the big question mark. But when you look at this season, uh, game one, you allowed six runs. And then over the next three games, you allowed a total of two runs. Uh, You allowed four to Ohio State last Friday, zero to Iowa on Saturday, uh, six to Ohio State on Sunday, and then in the second game of the doubleheader against Iowa, you allowed three. So really, you've allowed more than five runs twice this season, and in those games, it's been six runs, which with the Husker bats this year, that's still a very winnable game. So the, the problem has not been the Husker pitching thus far in the season, and I think that's a bit of a surprise to me as a Husker baseball fan when you look at names like Joe Acker coming in fifth-year senior. Uh, you have Spencer Schwellenbach, who is just a great talent. You have, uh Jackson Hallmark, who's a great contact hitter. There's a lot of great hitters in this lineup, not to mention a guy like Max Anderson coming in from Millard West and absolutely crushing the baseball his first weekend and also played all right this weekend. Yeah, You weren't expecting well, the, the bats to be an issue, but, but they did go cold on Sunday. They did, and I agree with you. Pitching wasn't necessarily the reason why we lost those games, but I think we ran into a situation where we kind of ran out of pitching. Mm. I think that's going to happen in these four-game series where you're using these – you're maybe you use like, you know – three or four guys on a on a you know the second or third game then you run into that fourth game and you're kind of screwed I think that's what happened um but I agree the bats did get cold I I do like these young guys man these young guys are stepping up and and nailing some you like to see that yeah Will Bolt uh talked to the media this morning uh, about how he's been trying to to get the bats going through a bit of a cold spell on on Saturday and Sunday Uh, so here's uh, the coach with it being um 
conference standings for each game, um, it makes them pretty important. I mean, we can't really afford to let guys ride out um, multiple bat at bats, honestly, at the plate. I mean, we've got to try to pare down the guys that are having good at bats and giving you a great chance. And if they're not maybe necessarily swinging a bat great, bringing something else um, to the table in terms of uh, elite defense or base running or something to that effect. Um, I don't think there's really an exact science. I do think because we played four games the first two weeks, maybe we saw some different things. Um, And as we get some more information on the pitchers as well that we're facing, maybe you can play matchups a little bit more with guys that you feel like maybe their skill set matches up better against a certain type of pitcher. Um, So, you know, with a limited season last year and us not playing conference games at all um, and only, you know, starting the season out this year, you just we didn't have a lot of information about the pitchers we're facing. So as we get more of that, I think maybe you can see us and other teams start to play matchups a little bit more. Um, but yeah, other than that, it's every weekend. It's it's basically you better be locked in. You better be, um, you know, on your on your A game. Um you know, because we can't really afford to have multiple guys in the lineup that, that aren't going good or a pitcher that's not throwing strikes. I mean, that's why you build depth on a roster, though, is so you can uh, pick those guys up if need be. A lot of good just content there from uh, from Coach Will Bolt um, getting into Husker bats. But then also uh, you were discussing the depth of the pitching, and the Huskers have so much depth uh, in the batting order. It feels like they can always put a, a, another guy in who's going to be a, a solid contributing piece to the offense, but not necessarily from uh, the pitching staff. You saw that in that, I believe it was the second Iowa game. Was that on Sunday or Sunday? Sunday. Um, it, it was one of those games. You know, Logan Foster comes to the plate, and he hasn't really done much these per- these first six games, and, and he yokes one, and he ties the game. I mean, that's exactly what Bolt's talking about. You have these guys that aren't so hot, but here comes one, and he yokes one, especially because it's Logan Foster, man. I think Oscar fans are going to be excited for him. Before we get out of here, uh, we've got, again, we got Mike Babcock coming up next segment. going to talk a little more Husker baseball with him. Um, but we also have NFL free agency going right now, um, and I don't want that to be overshadowed by the NCAA tournament because we're going to get into the NCAA tournament a lot next hour. Um, but NFL free agency has been wild. Uh, it was wild yesterday, and we've had some more weird and wacky stuff going today as all the NFL teams are trying to get under the salary cap, which has been lowered about $15 million this year. Um, Will, yeah. moves today, I mean, the Cardinals, how about the Cardinals? They, they got to be oh, a winner yeah. from today, right? Cardinals are doing great. You know, you look at Watt, right? They they got Watt, but you add to that, they signed uh, um, Bengals AJ Brown. Wide receiver, AJ Brown. Or AJ Green, excuse me. AJ Green, excuse me. I, for some reason, the name was slipping my mind, too. Which is really funny because well, we, I, I don't know, I grew up watching Green at the Bengals. I've never seen him play for a different team. So it's kind of weird to think, uh, you know, he's moving teams, but that's a great spot for him in Arizona. And uh, they also got Rodney Hudson, uh, center from the Raiders, who is really good. You know, you mentioned the salary cap situation. That was one of those moves. You can't, you can't afford the guy. So you had to cut him. That's happening a lot in the NFL. There is some talent that's getting cut, and teams are are going to be. It's it's like a cash sale right now, man. It is awesome. Well, what's interesting to me about the AJ Green thing is with Larry Fitz being technically a free agent right now, Cardinals haven't uh, oh, he, resigned him. I, you would think he would, but it's another older receiver coming in to go play across from DeAndre Hopkins to be the other. I mean, I mean, I see some some Larry Fitzgerald and I mean, AJ Green. At this point, if you're the Cardinals, if if Fitzgerald wants to come back, you just let him come back. Even if he just wants to sit on the sideline, man, you bring him back. He's done so much for that organization. But but to the you said the the Raiders sending Rodney Hudson over to the uh to the Cardinals gives uh 
Kyler Murray a new, a new center to be playing yeah. under. But the Raiders have just been a big loser the past couple days as they're trying to get themselves back under the salary cap as well. But they're an offense last season that was built on the power run game with getting downhill with Josh Jacobs behind right. that big offensive line. And then they went in so far in free agency, they've dealt three of their t- uh, three of their starting five offensive linemen from last year. It's true. So w- when you're a team that's – your offensive identity is your run game, you think there's a lot of other positions that you'd, you'd let go to. I mean, they've already let Nelson Aguilar go to the Patriots. Uh, Patriots have had a pretty good opening start to free agency. That's true. But, but the Raiders – it seems to me that the thing that they did best as a team, they're now going away from. You're, you're right. Now they did sign uh, Yannick Ngakwe, who, mm-hmm. who is who is good. You know, he's he's recently he's just kind of been hopping around team to team, and the Vikings traded for him and got literally nothing out of him. So, I mean, we'll see what happens there. But you know, it's a good talent. That's that's a decent signing. It's good. But uh, you're right, man. The, right now. There's nothing to uh, did, did right now. Did they see the, the Chiefs make it to the Super Bowl with no offense line and think, ah, Derek Carr, that guy's like Patrick Mahomes. We can do it too. No. I, I, usually Gruden is, is smart in free agency time and in the offseason, but can't really seem to get a, uh, a feel on what the Raiders are trying to do. Come back uh, in a couple minutes here with Mike Babcock, Husker Historian. That's next on Hale Varsity Radio. Back, fellas, you think we could listen to the radio on Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery? Yes, that's awesome. Back in on a St. Patrick's Day edition of Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. It's Elijah Herbal alongside Will Wilson filling in for Chris Schmidt who should be down on the golf course in Arizona about right now, weather permitting. Uh, so Chris, uh, getting away from this a uh, little bit. I mean, after we were spoiled with that weather, was that week and a half, two weeks ago mm-hmm. uh, in the 70s? Now back down into 40s and overcast. Just what are you going to do? It's March for you. And uh, you choose to live here. Our parents did, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's a great point. But the uh, the the negatives to March can be the weather positives though march madness is back we're going to get into that a little bit later um, but right now we're excited to welcome in husker historian and author for hail varsity magazine it's mike babcock joining us here on hail varsity radio and mike march madness is back and i'm sure that's got to be just a great feeling i'm not sure if, if you're big into all, all the brackets and stuff but how are you doing today i'm doing okay um you know i don't pay a lot of it i, I like i like the tournament I like the games, but I but I'm terrible at telling you that uh, you know, hey, Illinois is going to come all the way through and get to the championship game or something like that. I'm I'm bad at that kind of stuff. <laughs> well, I think everyone's. I mean, there's no one good Nobody's at it, good considering at we it. haven't had a, a perfect bracket in ever, never. <gasps> well, yeah, I I fall far short of perfect. I <laughs> probably fall on the other end of of the spectrum when it comes to that, but. Uh, yeah, there's some people that are pretty good at it. I think Brandon Vogel is pretty analytical about that, stuff like that. See, I, I knew that I wasn't good at filling out brackets uh, whenever two years ago um, my little sister pulled her lucky quarter out and uh, just did a, a coin flip for every single game, and she ended up beating me. So, <laughs> Well, maybe you were, over, you were overthinking it. I, I'm overthinking it, and she's got a lucky quarter. Yeah, so uh, who are you picking, Colgate or what? Um, usually I stick with the 16 seeds over the one seeds. I, I think that's always, because as soon as, if you get it once, then you're the guy who predicted the 16 seed over the one seed. So 
Yeah, um, and if you don't get it right, well, everybody's like, well, they were 16 anyway, so what? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Mike, I, I want to get into Husker baseball here for a second, though, as they had a four-game series up in Minneapolis over the weekend. Can't call it a series, I guess, as they were playing both Ohio State and Iowa. Um, but they, they got four games knocked out this weekend up at Minneapolis, uh, went 2-2 two and two in those four games. Now, turning around playing Iowa this weekend, I want to first get your big takeaways from this weekend uh, as the Huskers, the, the bats kind of went cold on Sunday. Yeah, you know, and, and it's one of the things that bothers me probably more than, than it should. But, you know, the first week, Nebraska hit a little over 300, and, uh, it, but, but struck out 46 times. Um, and, uh, and so I thought, well, you know, that's going to be something that they get under control. The last weekend, the second weekend, they struck out 41 times. The concern there is they struck out 41 times and they only walked 10 times this last weekend. Previous weekend, they hit over over 300 and they had uh, 25 walks. Uh, and they, you, you just can't have that, I think. And and I think, uh, if, if I remember correctly, this weekend they hit 208. Um, it was a tough thing because, as you guys said earlier, uh, I think the pitching was sufficient to get him through, but but the hitting just didn't step up the way it did um, the previous week against Purdue. You know, it's a great you lose your opening game and then you win three in a row and then you go to the next series and you win the first two. You got five in a row, things are looking pretty good. And then, you know, as Jackson Hallmark said, if things went bad and uh, they went bad on a day when you're playing two, so. Um, yeah, the, the, you need to get some consistency on offense. Um, and you're not going to win uh, very many series uh, when you're hitting 208. Talking some Husker baseball here with Mike Babcock on Hale Varsity Radio. You can find him on Twitter at MDBabs. And Mike, when we were looking at this hitting, the, the whole story coming into the year was that it, the pitching was the question mark, and we thought we had some experienced hitters on the offensive uh, side of the ball, and, I, and I, I still stand by that. There are a lot of uh, experienced guys uh, swinging the bat in this Husker lineup. So, so is the struggles we saw this weekend, is this reason for concern down the line, or does this seem to be a, a one-off weekend? No, I still I still think the potential's there. And, that, you know, so Joe Acker, he's hitting in the nine hole, um, guy that decided to come back, uh, and he's, he's batting uh, – uh, 321. I mean, um, and you, you've got you've got guys the potential. You know, we've seen what Max Anderson uh, can do, and and as uh, Will Bolt said, um, you know, for freshmen there there are going to be some ups and downs. You know, you're you're still adjusting, um, but uh, uh, you know, Hallmark's hitting over 300. Uh, uh, you've got the potential there. Um, to put up some runs and to put pressure on the opposing pitchers. Um, the thing is, you just have to be consistent with it, and that's the thing that, you know, as you as you guys pointed out, on Sunday it just wasn't there. You know, the hits went down each each game over the weekend, as they did the first weekend, but um, they got some key hits and they got some really good pitching and, and uh, got it done against Purdue. Hey Mike, did uh, Logan Foster play that first weekend against uh, Purdue? Was he in the lineup? Uh, no, he was not. He let's see. I'm, I'm trying to think here. I'm going to say this wrong. I think maybe he did start one game. He's played in four games. Okay. Um, but but one he just came in uh, late. So, so 
he, he's got three starts. Talk but, talk about that game where, where he came in. You know, the bats were kind of slow, and he just came in and rocked that homer. I, you know, he went, uh, I think it was like, what, three for seven or something? You know, that, I think that's kind of something Husker fans could start expecting from Foster, right? Yeah, you know, he had the home run, and then he had, a, he had an RBI double also. Um, yeah, and it, it, again, I like the attitude, you know, because he wasn't getting an opportunity. They didn't use him much, but he – you know, when he got his opportunity, he he took advantage of it in situations where where they needed it, and and they've got guys like that. Um, and they've got the ability to rotate guys in and out, depending on you know right left um, that sort of thing. And and again, they've got three freshmen in there that that uh, are going to have their ups and downs, um, but they but but they're going to give them an opportunity. And, uh, and then you got some guys that, uh, you know, Leighton Badgeoff, uh, I think he's played in four games or whatever. He's hitting over 300. Yeah, the great, uh, great freshman year. Um, they're waiting for him to be consistent, you know, find a place for him in the lineup. They, they've just got the pieces. And like you said, Logan Foster's one of those, a guy that hasn't gotten a lot of opportunity, but when he did, he. He made the most of it, and it's interesting too. I mean, they, the team's only committed one error, you know, yeah, over, yeah, over the last. Yeah, so I mean, talk about that. I mean, that's obviously positive, but obviously you still got to get the bats going to, you know, add that, even that out, right? Oh yeah, yeah, but but again, that's a, that's very much a, a plus, and you know, it was a it was a tough loss. Uh, the one loss is tough because uh, they lost a fly ball in the center field. You know, the the roof of that. Uh, facility, U.S. Bank Stadium, uh, created some problems, and I think that was one of them in that situation. As a lost a lost fly ball, um, that opened up a, a big inning for, uh, uh, in that game. So, um, yeah, you're, it's not making excuses, but again, mm-hmm. you got to get the bats going. Because that, as, as Will Bolt said after the game, that should not have defined the outcome of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, in a lot of ways, it did. Talking with Mike Babcock here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Mike, on the mound, uh, that's where the question marks were coming into this season. Uh, Huskers seem to have maybe found a, a three-day weekend rotation uh, with Cade Povich in the Friday spot, uh, Chance Roach in the Saturday spot, and, and Shay Shanneman in the Sunday spot. Do you, do you think that is the, uh, the the lineup going forward? Yeah, I think that's the lineup going forward, but it, it's going to be a fluid situation, obviously, because I think they feel good about Jake Bunt. And, you know, they're still trying to build him up. Um, so there, there's that potential when you play four, because I think um, after this weekend, and then they come home for their first series, and I think that's four games again. So um, this the schedule is going to be, be taxing. You're going to have to, even though you've got uh, several three-game series after that, um, I think they all are until, oh gosh, until you get in, into May or whatever. I'm just looking here. Looks like they're three-game series after the Minnesota comes in for four. But, um, yeah, you're going to have to develop those those pitchers. But I, I think going forward right now, that's what they're what, – in terms of what they're thinking. And uh, it's a pretty good uh, pretty good threesome. And, again, with, with Bunt uh, giving you a, a fourth as he builds himself up. Uh, really fast, Cade Povich this weekend. Uh, I want to get to NCAA tournament here before we run out of time. But Cade Povich turned around uh, his performance from uh, opening weekend. Well, it wasn't great, but then had 12 strikeouts against Ohio State on s- was that Friday or Saturday? Uh, uh, 
that was that was that was the first right. game, I think. Yeah, yeah. For, yeah. So, so I mean, twelve strikeouts for for the Bellevue West kid. Uh, I, I haven't gotten the chance to to see him work actually with, with the games. Uh, they're they're how they were televised this weekend. I haven't got the chance to watch him, but I mean, twelve strikeouts. The, the stats don't lie, do they? No, no. He and and you know he he didn't have a great outing that first week against uh, Purdue in the opener. I think he went three innings in that game. Gave up three runs in three three innings. Uh, uh, this weekend he he went uh, six innings. Gave up uh, three runs. Struck out twelve, and uh, only walked a couple. Um, so yeah, that was that was a, that was really a good effort um, compared to uh, four strikeouts and four walks the first weekend in in three innings. So. Um, yeah, it, he he's a guy that uh, obviously is going to be the Friday night starter. That's what they're counting on, and I think the kind of effort that you that you saw this last weekend is is what you can expect uh, from him on a consistent basis. And Roach has been, you know, he's two and zero with a one point five zero ERA. I mean, he's he's uh, he's really been good for him. So, and Shannon's come, you know, he's a bullpen guy. He's come out and he's a uh, He's established himself as well, so I think they feel good about their starting pitching, and that gives them a lot of uh, a lot of backup in the bullpen. Talking with Mike Babcock here, you can find him on Twitter at mdbabs. And Mike, we got about thirty seconds here, so before we let you go, I got to ask about the bracket. Do you have any big upsets picked in uh, in the the first round, and who do you have winning it all? You know, I had I looked at the bracket, and I I'm so terrible on upsets. I I just don't. Uh, yeah. Colgate is going to beat Arkansas. There's there's my big upset. Um, okay, I like that. <laughs> yeah, it's probably not going to happen. But uh, um, who do I like to win it all? Well, I, okay. Here, here's my outside. Here's my outside guess is that the outside pick is going to be that I think Illinois is going to get to the championship game. Mm. And uh, on the one side and on the other side, I'm think, I, I'm hoping. I'm hoping, which probably means it's not going to work. I hope Gonzaga gets there. I'd like to see Gonzaga get to the championship game. Well, Mike, we'll see. It's called March Madness for a reason. I don't think you ever know how it's going to go. Well, madness fits me, so that's good. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Happy St. Patrick's Day to you and yours. It's Elijah Herbal and Will Wilson here on Hale Varsity Radio. It's Chris Schmidt down in Arizona. And we do have confirmation on this now. Uh, Chris uh, putting up a picture on Twitter. He is on the golf course right now down in Arizona. I, I predicted that last segment, said wasn't for sure. He has now confirmed that uh, for us as he is now down on the golf course, I'm sure, putting up a whole bunch of bogeys. Looks beautiful. <laughs> and uh, it's fitting as, as we're now going to the golf course out to Wilderness Ridge to talk with Wilderness Ridge golf pro Mike Schuhart. Mike, it's good to talk to you today. How you doing? I'm doing great. I hope all those people on the golf course got hard hats on as Schmitty's out there playing. <laughs> Probably not. D- depends on if, uh, if, if he's been visiting the beer cart much today or not. Yeah, that's a guarantee. That's a for sure. <laughs> Mike, before we get into some, uh, some golf news, it is March Madness time as games kick off tomorrow with the play-in games, uh, the, full, or the full slate of first-round games beginning Friday. And, uh, I mean, you filled out a bracket, right? I have. So I, I got to ask – 
I, I don't necessarily want to get to the uh, to your champion just yet, but do you have confidence in your bracket? Do you, do you are you typically a, a good bracket picker? Uh, I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> I've always struggled with those kind of picking those little upsetters because there's always one or two of those that somebody gets beat that shouldn't get beat. But I'm usually okay. I'm uh, kind of hanging there for a while. I've been crowdsourcing my bracket. I talked to, to Mike Babcock, and, and he wasn't the most confident in his own bracket, so I'm not sure if I want, <laughs> if I want to take his picks. You sound like a reasonable amount of confident in your own bracket, so I'm going to ask, which games first round are, are you most confident in? Do you have any like lock upset picks that you're, you're sure it's just going to be an upset? Ooh, I don't know about upset, but there's a couple. I mean, it's, it's so unknown. Like Kansas, for example, I just saw that they had three of their players – that had to leave the team for COVID. So it's like, how does that affect the team? So I think you're going to have some some players that are out. Um, you're going to have some you're going to have some conferences that are better than people think, or worse than people think. You know, like mm-hmm. a Gonzaga, for example, they're the number one, but they played within their own conference. Yeah, in an absolutely cupcake conference. <laughs> Exactly. So it's like, mm, man, how good are they really? You know, they're good watching them play, but are they good against Ohio State and against the Michigan team? So, so, so let me so, ask you, is Gonzaga the team that you got winning at all? Because I, no. I think I have two brackets right now, and I haven't winning all in one of them, but are you telling me I should change that? I would. I got them not winning. <laughs> who, who do you have winning at all? Baylor. Got Baylor winning at all. They got to get through Ohio State, though. Yeah, they're... I mean, again, they're pretty good. I mean, they got four scorers that can score, so that's part of it. They got decent guard play, so it's like you got to have good guard play, and you got you got four legitimate scorers all the time. So if one guy or two guys are off, you still got guys that can score. Hmm. Well, I mean, that's the thing with the NCAA tournament is with sixty-four teams, you just you, you never know who's going to be on, who's going to be off. Uh, Baylor, I mean, they, they've been they've been good all year, Mike. So, good luck to you on that pick, and uh, and good luck in your bracket pools this year. Thanks. <laughs> let's uh, let, let's shift gears now to golf. As this weekend we had the Players Championship, and it was just an incredible two rounds from Justin Thomas. Uh, on Sunday, he had. Yeah, let's see. I got the stats here in front of me. He was 17 of 18 on greens in regulation on Sunday. Yeah. And I, I believe in his last 34 holes, he was something ridiculous, like 15 under par. Uh, so what, what do you make of the performance of JT this weekend? So that's pretty spectacular to watch, actually. And, and especially on that golf course, man, that golf course is really hard. And that 64 he shot in the third round to get himself in contention. I mean, that was pretty spectacular round. But that's kind of how those guys work, especially – your top players in the world, you know, when they they kind of get in their groove and they do their thing, you know, they, they 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 can shoot some low numbers and then they get some momentum going and he carried it right into to Sunday and got him to win the tournament. So, you know, it's it's fun to watch those guys, those really top players when they really get going and you know, they get into what they do, their confidence goes up, their ability to make birdies on I don't care what golf course they're on. You know, it's it's really fun, and that's kind of what they they work for and strive for is is kind of getting that getting into that zone, you know. And he got into the zone on on Saturday, and it carried right into to Sunday. Hey, Mike, kind of adding to that, you know, Thomas, he took home two point seven million dollars for for that win that? on Sunday. Compare that to about I don't know twenty twenty five years ago when when how big was the purse back then compared to now? 
Well, if you look at the tour, back when I was playing many years ago, so to retain your tour card for the following year, you had to finish in the top 125. So that 125th position to maintain your full tour status was roughly about 125,000. Now, it, now it's well over a million. <laughs> so, I mean, times have changed dramatically. I, I got into the wrong field. I should have gotten into golf. All I got to do is be exactly. 125th best. Teach your kids how to golf. <laughs> but Mike, you're I'll, a millionaire. Mike, on, on the uh, on the flip side of things from this tournament. It was a disappointment from DeChambeau after last weekend he hit that crazy drive over the water. And then this weekend on Sunday he hit probably the worst ground ball drive <laughs> I have ever seen. Um, what, what did you make of the uh, – I'm not sure if I should call it a meltdown on Sunday, but it wasn't a great performance from DeChambeau. No, it wasn't. You know, and it, that's kind of just like JT getting on a roll. The same thing can happen on the other end of it. You know, he hit a shot that was probably the worst shot he's hit in who knows how long. And that that has some effects on us, you know. Lose your confidence a little bit, get a little get a little jumpy because it's like, what the heck was that, you know? So it's like he started kind of trending the opposite direction because of a few errant shots. Then you add a, a very out of character shot, and that really has an effect. So he just really struggled trying to keep things together coming down the stretch. And is Lee Westwood, is he ever going to get that major championship? I thought maybe it was this weekend, but he, he also had a, a rough Sunday. Yeah, I mean, that's it's so hard anymore. You know, it's very impressive what he's done, you know, putting himself in position. But, man, you, typically guys like that, they finally break through when you least expect them. You know, so I'm hoping that he does because he's been so close so many times, played so well so many times. And you would hope, but you also hope he's not one of those guys that just never could finally win that one tournament. There's a few out there, too. Yep. Mike, it's interesting. You know, Lee, uh, his wife caddies for him. Uh, would you have done better in the tour if your wife was your caddy? She actually did. My wife really? caddied for me for, for three and a half years. No way. What was that yeah. experience like? It was awesome. She might have a different story, but <laughs> it was it was awesome to have somebody there that you really trust and and kind of knows you and and you can talk to and things like that it was it was great we traveled together all the time so you know that's kind of one of the hardest parts is traveling out there right you know it can get long and and monotonous so when you have somebody that's your partner with you it makes things a lot easier and westwood said uh that for the masters next month i guess it's only a couple weeks away now he's going to have his son caddying for him which i think is just awesome keep that in the family um yeah and, and give your kids a chance to you know go out and i think his, his son is now an adult but uh to, to get him out and go see augusta national that's incredible yeah pretty incredible i think that's why you see his kind of resurgence with how he's playing you know i think he's just in a better place in life about golf and and his whole life in general and that kind of spills over into his ability to go out and have a little more fun when he plays and and Helps him be a lot more comfortable when he's out there, and he performs better because of it. There he is, Wilderness Ridge Golf Pro Mike Schuhart. Mike, we'll get caught up next week, because I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more Masters next week. All right, bud? All right. Appreciate it. Stay safe. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on.
on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Elijah Herbal and Will Wilson wrapping up the first hour here of Hale Varsity Radio. Still a lot of good stuff to get into next hour as uh, we're going to be giving you our NCAA tournament predictions, me and Will, as we got a Wednesday forecast. No, we're used to the Friday forecast, but today we're admitting it to the Wednesday forecast. Again, no show Thursday, no show Friday, as we're going to have wall-to-wall NCAA tournament coverage here on ESPN Lincoln. But we'll be back for a Saturday morning edition for our local listeners. And then we'll be back statewide next Tuesday, as uh, we will also be having NCAA tournament coverage next Monday here locally on ESPN Lincoln. So for the listeners across the state or via podcast, uh, you can catch Hale Varsity Radio again next Tuesday. Tuesday, uh, or I guess the podcast will also be posted for the Saturday morning show um, about 9 a.m. Saturday morning. That's going to be posted for the listeners who are not able to listen locally. But Will, before we go, we were talking a little bit of Masters there at the end with uh, with Mike as talking about Lee Westwood and his son's going to be his caddy at the Masters, and that's got to be awesome. But you had the chance to sit down uh, with a Husker golfer who is or is going to play in the Masters. Yeah, or not the, the the it's the women's. That's right. Yeah. The, the it's the Augusta National Women's. Uh, Pro Am and Kate Smith, she's a senior here in Nebraska. She's she qualified and uh, she's going to be playing in it. I believe it's at the end of uh, this this month is when she'll be going and she'll mm-hmm. uh, first round. I believe is like April first. So uh, I mean, just amazing to be playing Augusta. She's from Detroit Lakes and it's actually a really crazy story. Uh, she wouldn't be playing it if she didn't come back for her fifth year. If the pandemic never hit, she wouldn't have taken a fifth year and. Uh, came back to Nebraska and qualified for this tournament because it's an amateur. You know, you can only qualify if you're, um, you know, in college or that age. So uh, she didn't qualify her fourth year and know she was going to go pro. But the pandemic hit and she got a fifth year and she qualified. So she's going to be heading to Augusta uh, next week. It's The story's great. If you go on Twitter and follow uh, at uh, Unlimited Sports, UNL's uh, magazine, you can read the story there. But, yeah, over the weekend, Nebraska golf did great. They took home the title at the All-State Sugar Bowl. And Kate, she actually won the, the tournament. She got first. Uh, she finished one under. Wow. So, yeah, Nebraska's Kate Smith. She is good. She's going to be doing big things. Uh, once she graduates. So it's definitely someone to keep an eye on. And, and she'll be at the, uh, the the let's see, the women's amateur uh, at Augusta National coming up here at the end of the month. And I was wondering how uh, how it works with uh, with turnaround time after only having the Masters, like, what, five months ago now, if they'd be able to turn over and get the course. But I guess if they have a tournament coming up the weekend or two weekends before the Masters, right. I guess – that's why uh, those guys make it the big bucks. But before we get out of here, I've got to remind you about our friends over at West Blue Realty uh, who uh, specialize in residential home sales in Lincoln and the surrounding community. And if you have agricultural land, they can get that handled too. They have an experienced auctioneer and can handle anything from live auctions, sealed bids, and even general land listings. Got to get in contact with Kelly Hofschneider uh, or Tom Luby over at West Blue Realty. They're located down at 1120 K Street in downtown Lincoln. Uh, and for a limited time only, you can mention Hale Varsity and West Blue Realty will provide you up to $1,000 on the closing of your next home purchase. Again, it's uh, West Blue Realty. Go find them downtown or online at westbluerealty.com. And before you make that next move, you got to ask yourself, what can West Blue do for you? Again, West Blue Realty. 
and uh, before we get out of here this hour, we got about 10 seconds. Uh, again, we got a lot of NCAA tournament action coming up next hour, as well as a jock doc and a visit from Deb the Spy Lady. That's all coming up in hour two. It's Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back in, it's hour two of Hail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmitz has the day and I guess the rest of the week off as he's down in Arizona with family, but also on the golf course as uh, Chris getting a much-needed little weekend off, as this is actually the last Hale Varsity show of the week, Thursday and Friday. Going to be having NCAA tournament coverage here on ESPN Lincoln. We will be back for a Saturday morning edition. Mark Cranack, Damon Barr, and myself in 7 to 9 on Saturday morning here for our local listeners on ESPN Lincoln. And then the show as a whole will be back across the state on Tuesday, as Chris will be back from Arizona, and we'll be through the round two NCAA tournament games by then. So, got a lot to talk about come Tuesday, but for now, we just got a, a full hour of, uh, I shouldn't say a full hour, as Chris has left us a, a jock doc to get into, which uh, focuses on Michigan's Isaiah Livers. That's coming up a little bit later, but until then, it's going to be all NCAA tournament from us, um, but first... Going to get into uh, Nebraska women's basketball team as they narrowly missed out on the NCAA tournament this year. They're one of those teams that needed maybe one or two more good wins yeah. uh, to, to give them that much-needed resume boost uh, to get them into the NCAA tournament. Instead, they are the only Big Ten women's team in the women's NIT this year as they're going to be taking on UT Martin on Friday uh, in the Memphis Regional of the women's NIT. Huskers coming into the game at 12 in 12 on the year. The Skyhawks of uh, uh, Texas Martin come in at 20 and 5 on the season. Uh, well, it's it's one of those things where I know the Husker women's basketball team doesn't have all the uh, uh, the the pull of a team like the the men's basketball team or, or the football team. But what Coach Williams has done over this is quietly a, a very good job with that Husker women's basketball team. Oh, 100%. This team is good. They, they had some really impressive wins uh, over the over the season. And uh, the way I look at it, I mean, this team is, they, they want to play and they, they want to get better. I feel like this is such an easy situation to just, you know, say, yeah, we didn't make the, the tournament. We're just going to be done for the year. You know, who cares about the WNIT? Well, we do. And I, I love this. I love this. And they're actually, Elijah, one of the better teams in this uh in this field, I mean, def- definitely have a chance to win it by by all means. It's just the the, the talent on that roster. Um, the Huskers this year were were inconsistent. I, I, I'd say a lot of the reason is that is due to injury. Um, as uh, yet, Izzy Bourne dealing yeah. some injuries this year. Uh, Kate Kane as well. Um, but the Huskers, great player in Sam Hybe, probably one of the the better players in the the. WNIT uh, this season. Sam Hybe is awesome. Second team All Big Ten honors. Then you also have Kate Kane, who is the best defensive I'll say big man yeah. just because that's that's the the way you use it but she's been awesome uh, is great at blocking shots down low and I think she's probably the best defensive player in this WNIT and she's going to be down low for the Huskers yeah a lot of the reasons why Nebraska was in games was because of Kate Kane and a lot of teams don't have an answer for her I mean she's great down low uh, she's actually contemplating her future you know she could be getting drafted next year so uh, she's thinking about that it would obviously be great to get her back 
Um, but if I think that's going to be big. Uh, I think some teams are not going to have uh, an answer for Kane. I think that's going to be great for Nebraska. Yeah, don't be just surprised if uh, the Huskers end up winning this thing. Seriously, they're looking good. They're coming off that loss against Maryland, who's a really damn good team, and you know they fought hard. It was you know a ten point loss, but it was closer than that. So uh, you know they got some momentum coming into this thing. Yeah, Kate Kane averages almost three blocks per game for the Huskers this season. I think she's going to be a big factor in the WNIT, Definitely. especially against a team like UT Martin on Friday, who uh, they were the conference champions of the uh, Ohio Valley Conference, but. They just don't have... Wait, they're the champions? They were the champions of the uh, Ohio Valley. Did they win the tournament? Uh, the conference tournament? No, they were regular season champs. Okay. Excuse me. I was going to say. Um, but they don't have a player that matches up well with Kate Kane. I think the Huskers have great matchups all across the board on Friday. And I'm, I'm excited to see uh, what they can do if, it's, uh, if they care. That's one of the things. It is narrowly missing out on an NCAA tournament. It's got to be tough. Um, but Well, it's, you know, it's, I think it's kind of different for the guys right you mm-hmm. know when we see nebraska men's go to the nit every time they just look like they don't want to be there they don't, they don't care like i said during this year this is something that they easily could have backed out of but no they want to do this they're going to do it and they're looking to win and i i think they got a great chance to win it we'll see what comes to fruition for the nebraska women's basketball team um but wnit is nothing to scoff at and be awesome if they can make a, a deep run into that women's nit but i i want to shift gears now and get into the the, the, the big money topic, quote-unquote, of the day, and that's, that's the NCAA tournament. Everyone's looking forward to March Madness. Uh, it's really been a good month and a half since any real serious sports went on. That was with the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, but now we're getting into March Madness, and it kind of feels like, ah, back to normal. After missing out on a year of the NCAA tournament last year, didn't get any March Madness. This, this has been a long time coming. I am more excited for this March Madness than I typically am for a March Madness. Uh, I, I definitely like college football more than college basketball. But after missing out on a year of madness, it just it felt wrong last year. It felt like something was missing from my life. So I'm glad that we get uh, March Madness back. And, and Will, it seems like it's going to be a pretty competitive tournament this year because really with, with the amount of – or the, 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 the frequency of teams playing uh, within their own conference this season – uh, you're not really sure what you're going to expect in some of these matchups. How, how good was the SEC actually this year? How good was the Pac-12 actually this year? Uh, I think we know how good the Big Ten was, but there's just so many unanswered questions. And I, I think there's a chance for some real madness this year. You think so? I don't know. I I mean, you mentioned upsets, and you mentioned that conference-only thing. I think that's going to play a major role in these upsets. You know, you're either going to be upset happy picking a lot of upsets or you're going to play it cool. I you know, I think you might want to play it a little cool this year just cuz you know you're ha- you have these teams coming in to play teams in the Big 10. You know, and the, that's the best conference. These other teams, we don't know what that competition is. Obviously, it's nothing compared to the Big 10. I mean, this could be a punch coming to them, you know, facing up against a team like that. So, I'm kind of staying a little light on the upsets. I definitely got a few, but it's it's definitely not high over low upsets. It's, you know, mid over mid. So, but it seems like every single year, like with reliability, there's one or two 12 seeds that take down a five seed. Yeah. I mean, and I was looking at some stats earlier, and over the past uh, 10 years or so, uh, we've averaged about four upsets uh, a year in the first round. And a lot of those were actually 11 seeds over six seeds, 12 seeds over five seeds, and not necessarily the uh, the 10 seed over the six seed, or excuse me, the 10 seed over the seven seed, like you'd expect. Um, but but I want to before we get into our uh, our Wednesday forecast, um, got a lot of games for us to pick in that. Uh, also, kind of want us to look at some upsets that we think could be bringing around one. I just want to 
give a general overview of what some of the big storylines are in each region, what we're going to be watching for this weekend in each region. So, Will, I want to start it off. You, uh, you've done some looking into the Midwest region. We are, oh, a little we, bit. We are, we are in Nebraska. So uh, let's start off with, with the, Midwest, miss, excuse me, the Midwest region. Uh, what are you seeing there? What, what's exciting to you? What's, uh, what, what's just the, the general theme from the Midwest uh, region um, this year? Well, obviously you take Illinois – to the Final Four. I am, at least. I mean, obviously, we have subjective thoughts, but they're damn good. The Coburn down low, their big center. I just don't understand how some teams would have an answer for him. He is so good. And then you got Dosunmu, and, you know, even without Dosunmu, you look around him, we've seen that team play without Dosunmu, and they're good without him. So, I mean, you take Illinois to the Final Four. Um, what do you have for that Loyola-Chicago-Georgia Tech matchup? Because that's going to be a good game. I'm really excited for that one because Loyola Chicago is one of the teams that have definitely has not had a hard schedule this year uh, by any means, um, but they still find themselves really highly ranked in Kimpom in the top 20 of Kimpom rankings actually, and uh, Kimpom rankings tend to actually be pretty good come tournament time. Not they're not 100% reliable, but nothing is reliable in sports really. Um, but they've been a, a very good team. But as for Georgia Tech, that, that's a, a team that us Nebraska fans are familiar yeah. with. I remember uh, Alvarado coming in and just controlling the second half. Uh, in the the second half of that Nebraska Georgia Tech game earlier this season, he got uh, all conference honors as a as a defensive player this season and really paced Georgia Tech to a uh, an ACC tournament crown, uh, which really wasn't expected from them. They came on really strong late in the season. They're hot, and and I think they're going to give Loyola Chicago a, a, a good shot at it in the in the eight nine matchup. Um, but both of these teams are a team that I think could give Illinois a really good matchup in round two, assuming Illinois gets past the sixteen seed. Yeah, I agree. One thing I like about Chicago is you mentioned Ken Palm. Their Ken Palm defensive rating is like nine. Yeah. So they're a really good defensive team. I like that. Also, you look at Georgia Tech, they they won the conference championship. That's correct? Mm. The tournament, yeah. right? And they didn't even they didn't play into it, right? It was COVID issues. They basically just were handed a title. I don't like that. I don't like that. They kind of, you know, oh, we're champions. Even though they didn't win it, I feel like they might have, uh, you know, uh, thinking they're too much walking into this one, so I, I actually have Loyola uh, moving on. We'll see. Well, over to the uh, to the East region, uh, where top seeded Michigan is going to be looking to. I mean, they they have some doubters uh, coming into this tournament. They are without uh, their really their top player in Isaiah Livers. We'll get into that in the Jock Doc. Um, but Michigan is going to have a tough road to make it to the Final Four out of theirs, as the Alabama Crimson Tide are the two seed. Uh, they are the SEC regular season and tournament champions, and a lot of people have them as, as a bona fide Final Four team uh, coming into this. That's going to be tough. Uh, obviously, Michigan wouldn't have to deal with them till late, but they have a lot of other tough matchups they'd have to get through first, as uh, Texas fell in the Big 12 championship game. Uh, or excuse me, they won the uh, the Big 12 championship game over Oklahoma State, fell in the regular season. Um, but that's a very good team. Florida State is long and lanky. Uh, they're going to be a tough matchup. The Colorado Buffalo, I mean, just the, the top five seeds in this, I think, could all realistically uh, win the uh, the East region. And not to mention, you have a very, very hot Georgetown team uh, as a 12 seed looking to put some teams on upset alert uh, this weekend as they came in and won the Big East and really wasn't even close in their game against Creighton. Yeah, I've been hearing a lot of people saying they're going to take Georgetown over Colorado, and I am too. They got they got mad momentum coming into this thing. Um, Ewing has that team playing great. Yeah, I would definitely take Georgetown in that upset. But I don't know. You look around Texas. You know, I don't know. Not to, we even have a 15 seed though in Iona, 
who is led by Rick Pitino. And I'm not going to put anything past. I, no. I don't think they're as good as Bama, but I'm not going to bet against a Rick Pitino team. Well, you, you definitely, yeah, I mean to cover, but do you really think Alabama loses first round? I don't, I don't think so. Michigan, after hearing about that uh, injury news, I don't know how far I'm going to take him. I, I really don't. I think he delivers his a you know big parts of that team. I definitely take Michigan past the first round, but I don't know LSU. Even that game, you know, I, I, that this one right here is going to be upset heavy for me. East, yeah, East region. You have one of the, uh, in my opinion, the lowest seeded teams. They, they have a playing game. That's Michigan State coming in as, as an 11 seed. You don't bet against Izzo in the tournament. Don't You don't bet against Izzo in the tournament. They have to get through a playing game first, but as an 11 seed, no one wants to face an 11 seeded Michigan State team this year. That's going to be tough. All. Let's move on to the South region, which I think you have looked a, a little bit more into than me, correct? A little bit. Yeah, I filled it out. I only have a few regions filled out right now. By the way, I'm only filling out one bracket this year. Usually I do about 12, 13. No, one printed. That's it. Uh, Baylor. So you, you were hearing the authority on this year's bracket. That's Will Wilson. I mean, you, if you're putting this much time uh, into one know, bracket, it better be good. It, it builds credibility, okay? builds credibility. <laughs> uh, Baylor, obviously, I take them over Hartford. Um, North Carolina over Wisconsin. Now, this one is an interesting game. A lot of people think uh, uh, Wisconsin is underseeded, ninth seed. Um, but you look at North Carolina, they got some height down low. I don't think Wisconsin can match up with that. But they're young. They're young, and yeah, good point. Wisconsin is, is a veteran team. Wisconsin's a veteran team, and, and sometimes that's, that's all you need to make it through a, a game or two in the NCAA tournament is just to be old and experienced and have guys that have been there and done that, like, oh, I don't know, Brad Davison? Brad Davison, yes, but you also but talk about coaches then. I mean, hello, look who North Carolina's coach is. I mean, they've been there before, so it's a close game. I think you said North Carolina is a one-point favorite. Is that what you said? Uh, at the moment, North Carolina is a one-and-a-half-point favorite, and they have been hot as of late. Uh, they've really hit their stride in, uh, in recent weeks. Yeah, I took North Carolina. Um, one interesting in this part of the bracket, I do have Arkansas going to the Elite Eight. Uh, I like Eric Musselman. This is after Babcock told you that they're, they're going out first round. That's what he said. Yeah, well, Mike's, you know, he's a smart guy. I love talking to him, but... Um, it's a wild card pick. I'm not very confident in it, but you got to at least have a few of these, you know, two, three seeds making it to the Elite Eight or the Sweet 16. You got to. It's going to happen. Let's finish her off with uh, before we get out this segment with the West region, uh, who is, I mean, it seems to be that, that, that Gonzaga is by far and away the team that everyone's picking in this region uh, to come out on top. And for good reason, they're undefeated. Uh, only the 20th team in NCAA history to enter the NCAA tournament undefeated and the first since Kentucky all the way back in 2015 to enter the tournament undefeated. But only uh, three teams in history have done it. I believe uh, UCLA... Oh, no, UCLA a couple times back under Wooden. Uh, but then the last team to do it was Indiana back in 76 under Bob Knight. So history is not on Gonzaga's side here uh, to go and win the whole thing. But obviously a very, very, very good team in, in Gonzaga. I think it's uh, it's going to be – we're going to see whether or not them playing a really cupcake schedule in the West Coast Conference is going to is going to hurt them or if it's just going to mean that they're they're well-rested and they, they didn't have many uh, struggles this year, so now they get to put full effort in the tournament. I'm not sure, um, but – also, again, as, as it is with every region, good region. You have Iowa, the two seed. Um, a lot of people betting against them in this tournament, but I don't see how you can bet against Luka Garza, really. Uh, there's not going to be many big men in that region that can handle a guy like Luka Garza. It comes down to the shooting around him for Iowa, though. We'll see how that shooting is. Uh, Kansas Jayhawks are the three seed. Uh, up and down Big 12 season this year, especially in January. They're only three and five in January. Uh, got blown out by Texas back in back in uh, that month. But they, they come into this tournament hot as well. They've won eight of the last nine games. 
um, including a 13-point win over uh, Baylor when Baylor was at the time undefeated. That was a huge win for Kansas, and that's how they get in as the three seed. Uh, you have Creighton as the five seed, another team uh, that a lot of people are betting against in this NCAA tournament as they're going to be taking on UC Santa Barbara in their mm-hmm. first game after a really, really bad showing in the Big East tournament. Uh, we'll see if those comments from, from Coach McDermott come back to, to haunt the Blue Jays. Uh, and then to, to round it out, you have uh, a USC team, uh, six, which is uh, – they started the year off hot. They slid a little bit into the season, but I still think they got a lot of talent, that USC squad. Uh, we'll see. But, again, the story of this West region is Gonzaga. Yeah, I got them winning it. I do. You have winning the West region or winning it all? I have them winning it all. I do. Wow. Wow. I'm kind of scared about it, but uh, I also feel kind of stupid if I don't. We'll get into our predictions next on Hale Varsity Radio. It's the Wednesday forecast coming up next. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. To discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. You've got your very own handyman to help remodel your home. The typical American spends one year, six months, and 15 days in the bathroom during their lifetime. That's for guys. Ladies, add a month. And we Americans love taking showers. We take over 28,000 of them in our lives. So when it comes to your bathroom, why settle? That's right. Get a new shower or bath that makes you feel alive every time you use it. Maybe it's an old-fashioned clawfoot tub. How about a new shower? Totally tricked out with all the latest gadgets. Join us for our March remodeling sale with the best prices of the year on showers and baths. We have dozens of showers to choose from. Many of our showers are on display in the store for you to step in and try out. Bring one home today. Or you can custom order virtually any size shower base and walls you can dream up. For the very best in bathrooms, come to Handyman. Handyman. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Rolling through a St. Patrick's Day edition of Hale Varsity Radio. It's Elijah Herbal and Will Wilson filling in today for Chris Schmidt as we are prepping you for the start of the NCAA tournament as March Madness kicks off technically tomorrow uh, with the play-in game starting tomorrow o'clock, 4 o'clock. Uh, Central Time. You can hear those here on ESPN Lincoln. But then the uh, the real tournament action gets kicked off 11 a.m. on Friday as uh, Gregeth, or sorry, not Gregeth and Hooks. I'm way lost in the past. Will Wilson and Bill Hooks are going to be down at Longwells on Friday morning getting the NCAA tournament coverage kicked off as the live show, the morning hookup, going to be uh, uh, from Longwells on Friday morning, followed by NCAA tournament coverage all day here on ESPN. Lincoln and Will, before all that gets kicked off, we need to get our predictions locked in for the show. We can wait on the bed for a second here, um, because before we get into like the games themselves that we're picking, uh, I want to note that we never made it to Thursday this week, so we didn't get a chance to, to bring in Danny Burke. So I don't have any expert knowledge here on my picks against the, uh, the spread. <laughs> I think we got, let's see... Eight games to pick? 
Okay. Eight, not eight or nine games to pick uh, coming up here in a second. But before we get to that, I want to lock in who we think is going to be uh, taking home each region, who is going to the four final four teams are going to be, uh, and also some upsets and some blowouts we're looking for in round one. So I want to start it off uh, with the upsets that we are looking at in round one. Which ones do you think are going to happen? And, uh, and which ones do you think uh, some people are hyping up a little bit too much in terms of uh, the upset alert meter? So, so Will... In any thoughts here on what teams you think are gunning for an upset in round one? I think I, this is on my bracket. I, I have Oregon State beating Tennessee. That's the 12 seed over the 5 seed. Tennessee, a lot of people I've been reading, they're shaky on them. They got a good defense, but they're inconsistent. Also, uh, Tennessee has a big guy down low who's not going to be playing. So, And he's, he's averaged like 26 minutes a game. I think that's going to be a big loss. So I think Oregon State pulls out the upset over Tennessee. Oregon State over Tennessee. Okay. Yeah. Okay. A lot, a lot of people are riding high on that that Tennessee team this year, but I know you're you're taking Oregon State. I, I'm gonna start off with one uh, a little bit closer to home, and this is a game that's in our forecast, so we'll get to this a little bit in a second. But I want to start it off with uh, Creighton and UC Santa Barbara. Um, I, I actually looked into a, a little metric, and what it does is it, it's ranked. Um, the previous, I think, 10 years of upsets in the NCAA tournament, and it has ranked what factors are most important in an upset. And it's given three factors to what, what the most important uh, things a, t- a team that is looking to get an upset can do uh, if they want to actually pull the upset off. And the number one big thing they can do is, A, defensively they need to force turnovers uh, and get themselves some extra possessions. Number two, they need to hit the offensive glass hard uh, to get themselves, again, more extra possessions. And, and then three-point shooting percentage, not rate, but how often you can knock down your three-pointers when you take them. Those are the three factors that this, uh, this metric has evaluated as being the three most important uh, to getting an upset. So I have a couple games circled. Number one, as I said, is Creighton and UC San to Barbara. Uh, Creighton beats teams with threes, and, and the old adage is live by the three, die by the three, and we saw them die by the three big time in the Big East tournament against Georgetown. And, and shooting like that, it, it, it can stick around. Uh, confidence can be uh, affected after a game like that, especially going into the NCAA tournament and after uh, like what's happened with Coach McDermott up there uh, with his comments away from the team. I'm sure got some sensitivity training is now back with the team. Are they going to be able to respond to what he's doing? Creighton is on big upset alert, and the metric agrees with me. They give the upset chance almost 50%. They say 47% chance that UC Santa Barbara upsets Creighton. Ooh, I like that number. I really like that number. I have yet to mark this game down because I've been back and forth. I really am. I I don't know. you got to look out for them West Coast teams. What are you going to do? Are you going to pull the trigger on uh, UC Santa Barbara over Creighton? I, I think I am. You are going to do it? Nah, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. That's a tough one. I think it's going to be a very close game. Uh, I should note that this metric gave uh, your Oregon State Beavers a 22% chance uh, to beat Tennessee. Uh, I have one last one here uh, that I really liked, and that was... Oh, I had it written down. Uh, Utah State and Texas Tech. Mm. So uh, we talked with uh, Coach Smith from Utah State yesterday here on Hale Varsity Radio, and this uh, this metric also likes Utah State over Texas Tech, gives them almost a 30% chance to win. Um, but the, the problem here is Texas Tech usually really good on the offensive boards, and it's very uh, low on turnovers uh, year in or uh, excuse me this year. And it also is not a big team to uh, to chuck up three pointers. They like to get their two point shots, which usually means that they're not a, a big threat uh, to be upset because they, they do the things well that the teams that upset them need to do. That's They knock down the three with efficiency and 
Uh, they don't rely on the three-pointer. They get the uh, the offensive boards a lot, and they protect the ball. But for Utah State, uh, they are one of the best teams uh, in the country at getting turnovers. They force a turnover in almost 25% of possessions this season. That's uh, eighth in the country. Uh, Utah State does that. So while Texas Tech does tend to do things well, that would lend them to not be upset. I, I do like Utah State over Texas Tech. That's an 11 seed over a 6 seed. I uh, yeah, a lot of people are high on that game, and you know, let's be honest, it's Craig Smith. Like you know, the dude's getting a lot of run. He's you know, he's a great coach. I uh, I have Texas Tech. I just I li- I like Chris Beard as a head coach. I think he's a great coach, and he's a tournament coach. He's been here the last like three four years, so he's comfortable. And uh, I I I'm taking Texas Tech. Yeah, that's a tough one though. It should be noted, Utah State. Uh forces their opponents just 42.9% shooting on two-point attempts, fourth lowest in the country. So I think no matter what, we're going to get a close game in that Utah State-Texas Tech game. Yeah, uh, You could disagree with me on that. I, I, it sounds no, like I, you it's, don't. I think it's going to be close. Uh, I think it's going to be a close game, and I, I give Utah State a really good chance to win it. But with all upsets in the NCAA tournament, you don't really know. You, you can look at all the models you want, but at the end of the day, it comes down to which team can knock down more shots, exactly. really, at the end of the day. And you never know who that's going to be. Well, and um, turnovers, too. That's a big one. But those are the upsets I like. Are there any blowouts you think that uh, we're just almost guaranteed in this first round? I mean... i, I got to take think G- I, Gonzaga I, over whoever they're playing, I, I think is going to be a blow. Gonzaga's used to playing these uh, these bad teams this season in the West Coast Conference. That's true. Uh, let's see, they're... But Norfolk State, you know, they're trying to keep that reputation of them coming in and beating that two-seed Missouri. And it's it's Norfolk State and Appalachian State that are in the, in the play-in game, I believe? It is, yep. So we'll, we'll see who Gonzaga's actually playing tomorrow, but whoever they face I think is is big upset alert this weekend. Uh, Gonzaga's like a 20-something point favorite over whoever it ends up being. You know, I, I think Illinois probably blows out Drexel. I you know. But I don't know. I don't. It's hard to call Baylor. Obviously the one seeds, it's easy to pick those as blowouts, but I don't know. I think Purdue has a chance of blowing out North Texas, you know, Arkansas and Colgate. I don't think Colgate's good. People are kind of high on them. No way. Ohio State over or Robert, yeah, you know. I guarantee, I guarantee, with how the NCAA tournament goes, that uh, one of these games that we've just listed as being a good chance for an upset, one of those teams probably going to get, or it would be a blowout. One of those teams probably going to get upset. Not sure who it is, but that just seems like how that's the NCAA tournament goes. Um, but before we get to the games themselves, give me your four region champs this year. Who are the four final four teams according to your bracket? Will I have Gonzaga in the West? I got Illinois in the Midwest. I have Arkansas in the South. I have Arkansas in the final four. It's that's the wild card pick of of the bracket, and over in the East, I actually haven't picked one yet. But I'm I'm not going to go with Michigan. I don't like how they don't have livers. I think I'm going to go Alabama probably. So we we have a pretty similar final four in the West. I have Gonzaga. Uh, in the East, I have Alabama, as you just said. So uh, that gives us a, a Gonzaga Alabama matchup in the final four. And then in the uh, Midwest, I have Illinois. I have them uh, taking down Oklahoma State in the Elite Eight. Okay. So that uh, could be a fun – excuse me, not, I have them taking down Oklahoma State in the Sweet 16, I should say, and then uh, yep. taking down San Diego State in the Elite Eight. Uh, and then the last team I have is Ohio State. I have Ohio State in, in the South. I have them taking mm-hmm. down Baylor in the Elite Eight. So I have all ones and two seeds, which doesn't usually happen, but you never know. 
Well, I think uh, you at least have to have at least, you know, not one seat in the Final Four. Happens every year. Mm-hmm. So you just it's about picking the right there's, one. Yeah, there's been one Final Four in my lifetime that was all one seats. That was back in like 2007 or yeah, something like that. Ever Kansas, North Carolina, Duke, and one other one seed made it. Right. Um, so it doesn't happen very often, but ones and two seeds, you never know. Uh, without further ado, though, let's get straight into the Friday forecast itself as we have some games to pick here. I want to start it off uh, with the play-in game tomorrow. we got one that I want us to talk about. That's UCLA and Michigan State. At the moment, Michigan State is a two-point favorite over the Bruins. Will, who do you like in this one? Michigan State's favored by two? Favored by two. It's tough. I think uh, you saw how pissed off Izzo was during that Big Ten tournament. And that's a coach you don't want pissed. Like I said, we say it all the time. You don't bet against Izzo in the tournament. I don't know uh, if there are any stats about him in a play-in game. I don't know if he's ever been in this situation before. Uh, With that being said, I'm going to go Michigan State, and I think they cover. I'm with you. I got Michigan State covering the two-point spread. Something along the lines of 71-63, to uh, something in there. I got a... It's between a 5- and a 10-point win for Michigan State in the playing game. Um, but let's get straight into the West region now as we got to go quick fire. i got about three minutes here for this uh, forecast. Let's start off with uh, Creighton and UC Santa Barbara. Creighton is a 7.5-point favorite. Why do you have to do this to me? Creighton, 7.5. Oh, 7.5? I actually like that number. Yeah, I'll take UC Santa Barbara to cover that. I'm not sure if they win, but I think they cover 7.5. I got UC Santa Barbara to uh, cover and actually win outright over Creighton. I have UC Santa Barbara uh, somewhere in the 76 to 71 range. Might want to hit that money line. It could be could be a good money I there. Uh, other game in the West that I want to talk about is Oklahoma and Missouri. Uh, Oklahoma, a two-point favorite. Yeah, there's actually some news that just came out about an hour ago. Uh, Oklahoma Sooners guard Davion Harmon, he's missing. He's going to miss two games because he got COVID. Ooh. And I wonder how that's going to affect the whole team. Um, he's a second-leading scorer, averaged a little uh, under 13. He started um, every game but two. Okay, so this is a decent piece for the team. Um, I like Missouri. You like Missouri? Yeah. To cover or to win? What was the spread? Uh, two points for Oklahoma. I don't think they cover. I think it's a one-point game. Wow, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to agree with you on that one, uh, but I am going to have them do cover as well. Okay. So when it, uh, sorry. Just a win outright for Missouri over Oklahoma. Okay. I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's move on to uh, the East region. Only one game I want to talk about here. That is Georgetown and Colorado. Colorado is a five-point favorite. I like Georgetown. They're coming off that conference tournament win, which was unbelievable. I mean, they they really didn't have much business doing that. But Ewing has that team playing great, and uh, they got momentum. I definitely like. Georgetown. Georgetown's a popular upset pick here. I have them covering a five-point spread, but I have Colorado winning. I think you can only ride that that high so much. It was it was Patrick Ewing in, in Madison Square Garden, just oh, magic. Why do you have to do that? So I, I got Colorado to cover the five-point spread. Let's move down to the south. Got a quick fire, about 30 seconds. Uh, Wisconsin and North Carolina. North Carolina is a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Yep, North Carolina. Get North Carolina. I got Wisconsin winning outright in that one. We got Virginia Tech in Florida to pick them. Virginia Tech. Uh, Virginia Tech is the 10 seed. Florida is the 7 seed. I like Virginia Tech in this one, too. Uh, they were strong late in the ACC. Uh, Buzz Williams good is a good coach. Yes, I agree with that as well. Last game, Midwest region. Uh, let's go Clemson and Rutgers. Rutgers, one and a half point favorite. Rutgers. Yeah, I love Geo Baker, and I got to root for my Big Ten squad. So uh, Rutgers, I think, covers over Clemson. Uh, we'll be back with a jock doc after this, talking about Michigan's Isaiah Livers. 
Is your bathroom looking old and worn out? Want to update it, but you don't know where to start? Then let BCI Bath & Shower show you how to turn that old bath into an aisle of beauty and functionality. Our residential bathroom solution. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut, pre-teen Swedish boy. Back into it at Tail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Time for a Jock Doc Wednesday, Lincoln Orthopedic Center. Dr. Doug Davis. Dr. Doug, got your dancing shoes on? Well, I still got uh, still got a chance here, right? You, know, you do. It's, early. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's it's the day before the tournament early, right? That's what I'm saying. We're all I winners, baby. We're all winners. We're all winners. Hey, a team that we uh, have seen up close and personal is Michigan. They're a one seed, and they kind of hung on to that last one seed as they have uh, stubbed their toe a bit. And uh, in you know, in, in in bigger picture news, you've got Marcus Livers, I should say Isaiah Livers, who's just a stud. Their co-captain, great player, senior, and and he is out, and his timeline is is questionable. We're talking stress fracture in the foot, Doctor Doug, and man, oh man, this is really tough news for for the Wolverines, and they cranked out seven games in 18 days, and that includes five and 11 days to close the regular season. Uh, we're talking uh, about a foot injury that uh, maybe was something that was just uh, you know a, a molehill, so to speak, that turned into a mountain with this overuse. Yeah, it's uh, you know it's a really tough thing, and I you know I don't know we may look back on this COVID season and and look at you know uh, some of the some of the time frames of these games and everything and what was influenced by you know games that needed to be rescheduled and this and that. I didn't I haven't looked at Michigan's schedule that closely to understand all the uh, the ins and outs of why they ended up playing so much so quickly, you know. But or it's gonna be so uh, compacted there at the end. But um, yeah, this this uh, stress fracture, um, it, you know, it's it's one of those things that's that's you know it's a, like a snake waiting to bite you when you're playing that much. Dr. Doug Davis with us, Lincoln Orthopedic Center at Jock Doc Wednesday. We're talking Isaiah Livers from Michigan. And Livers felt something wrong against Maryland on New Year's Eve. Then that mm-hmm. discomfort kind of lingered. And yeah, then, he, then he landed yeah. on a teammate uh, against uh, Illinois March 2nd, and that's kind of was a straw that broke it. Yeah, yeah, that's a... Um, it's, it's actually not too unusual of an overall history for these. Um, basketball players very frequently will, will well, I shouldn't say very frequently, but it's it's a fairly common basketball injury to get a stress fracture out along the um, outer border of the foot in that what we call the fifth metatarsal, and um, you know it's because of all the cutting. Uh, you got to remember that bones we think of them as being very very rigid, but in reality they flex as we load them. And so when you're cutting hard and you're doing that over and over and over again, it's kind of like a piece of bailing wire. You know, you bend it, you bend it, you bend it, and it finally breaks. And that's that's kind of what happened. It's a little bit of a straw that broke the camel's back after it had been loaded and loaded and loaded and finally let loose. We talk about Isaiah Livers, and, and what's your outlook for him? I mean, say Michigan survives and advances, could he be back by Elite Eight Final Four time? 
Well, the fastest that I've um, ever personally had a kid come back from this, uh, and this was with a surgical intervention, was right at five weeks. Mm. Um, and, you know, that that, uh, that pushes it down the line. Um, it really is not likely that um, with non-operative treatment that he's um, uh, opting for, at least from what I can read, you know, he's staying in a boot, and um, this bone will heal up that way, but it's going to take, um, you know, a couple of months to heal up. Um, but even with surgical intervention, you're really not talking about an opportunity to get back in and play this year. Tell me a little bit about the surgical intervention aspect of the, the stress fracture on your end. What what would you go do to fix this? And then the uh, the aftermath of that, the healing, the security, knowing that it's that it's been fixed surgically in, in the long term prognosis. Yeah. So this particular fracture um, when it involves the, that bone right on the outer aspect of the foot um, is one that, because it has kind of a poor blood supply to that bone, um, sometimes if you don't catch it early enough, uh, you, you really can't get it to heal very well non-operatively. Now, it sounds like they caught this one pretty early. but um, uh, So if you do have to do surgery on it, uh, you're basically trying to put a screw down into the middle of the bone. Uh, so you, you start on one end of the bone and you work it down the middle of the bone in order to bridge over the stress fracture. Uh, it's like putting a cast on except for putting it internal to the bone instead of external to the bone. Once it's in there and the bone has a chance to heal up, then that screw kind of acts like a, a, um, a, oh, a um, an extra bit of protection for the bone so that when you're running and playing on it, you don't have so much of a bending moment to the bone. Uh, the screw absorbs a lot of that stress. So it, it also, for a, a, a player like this, would be something that would help him prevent having injury again down the line. Uh, so that can be really, really helpful. The only downside really is that a screw in there uh, does have the potential of being an irritant right where it goes in. And so sometimes we end up having to take these out, but generally we're trying to avoid that until after they're done with their playing career. Dr. Doug Tavis with us, Lincoln Orthopedic Center at Jock Doc Wednesday. Isaiah Livers of Michigan talking about his stress fracture on his foot and uh, his uh, long-term prognosis. When it comes to the, the pain with this, and just say there is surgery on this or it just heals uh, in a boot and it takes a while, can this heal okay naturally, Dr. Doug, without surgery, without a higher risk of re-injury with it? Yeah, that's a really good question. The answer is yes, it can heal. And uh, um, again, caught early, um, it should go ahead and heal up. But there is that risk of re-injury, and uh, this is one of those fractures that we worry about having a re-injury on. Um, and uh, at times, people just choose to go ahead and put the screw in just because of preventing that. Um, we'll just have to see, you know, in his particular situation, whether that turns out to be the right answer to treat this non-operatively. From a, uh, a quickness and agility standpoint, is this the type of injury that could take away some of his quick? I mean, I, I just love how he get to the rim, I and mean, he always took smart shots. Yeah, but part I of that was his gonna, explosiveness. I think he's going to come back just fine, you know, and and, uh, 
and he'll have that quickness. This is this is a you know bump in the road for the guy, but he's he's a player. He's going to be fine. Doctor Doug Davis with us, Lincoln Orthopedic Center at Jock Doc Wednesday. Isaiah Livers, our discussion today. The standout from Michigan is had an off-and-on career when it comes to the injury bug and the latest with him, you know, a stress fracture. He's had hip and ankle ailments, a groin injury, missed 10 games last year. Michigan always loads up and performs well in March. Uh, They have a chance to do it with Jawan Howard this year, but their co-captain and leader is not there. Dr. Doug, what are you doing for the tournament? Just going to be watching it like everybody else. It's a great time of year to be in front of a TV. It is. And uh, Dr. Doug, best to you and your picks for the, uh, the the Tavis Family Tournament, my friend. There you go, Chris. You have a good tournament yourself. Got to say, Dr. Doug's got to get down to Longwell's on Friday to watch the NCAA Tournament. Up next, we'll be uh, heading out to Home Innovation Spas, sitting down with Deb the Spa Lady. That's next on Hale Varsity Radio. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Well, it's time to relax a little bit. Deb the Spa Lady with this Home Innovation Spas, 20th and Highway 2 in Lincoln, off Industrial Road in Omaha. SpasOnline.com. Deb, it's been spa weather this week. How you doing? I'm doing great and I'm getting all excited because we're going to uh, have one of our big spa and swim spa sales in Omaha. It'll start Friday and it'll run through Sunday. And I mean, spas are really a hot item right now. They're hard to get. There's a five to six month waiting period. Well, our manufacturer has allocated um, a whole two truckloads of spas for us to sell at this at this sale. So these spas are for sale. Don't have to wait the five or six months. So you need to come up and see us this weekend. We're going to be at the La Vista Conference Center. That is in the Embassy Suites Hotel. It's in that little uh, shopping area where Cabela's is, Mm. right off the interstate. The La Vista Conference Center. Go say hi to Deb and let Deb take care of you. And it's about supply and demand, Deb. You are right on it. And a lot of folks uh, spend a lot of time at home and uh, Mm -hmm. this is one amenity that would uh, make uh, home life incredible even as you get out and about it's still the way to come home and relax and just put your mind at ease and you've got all the choices you want and you got all the uh, the options too let's focus on that swim spa because it does it all that's right and you can actually see those in person this weekend so come up and see us get some great deals, and get delivery very quickly. So uh, this is kind of a one-time thing, and we'll be up there at the uh, La Vista Conference Center waiting to see you. I tell you what, you say sale, I smile, right? I mean, I know. I love that. I love that word. Well, <laughs> and, and you've been taking care of folks for a number of years with the Deb the Spa Lady Special and 20th and Highway 2 off Industrial Road in the Omaha SpasOnline.com, Home Innovation Spas, Deb the Spa Lady with us. And uh, these uh, these events 
I mean, that's a lot of work for you guys, but I tell you what, it is absolutely all about convenience, too, because, folks, if you're going back and forth uh, to, to, to Lincoln or Omaha, I mean, why not pop in? It's just really easy to get to that La Vista Conference Center. It is, and it's so great because you can see all the different models, and you can you can sit in them and see what you think. How does this fit? How does this not fit? So you can see everything right there in one place. It makes it so much simpler to pick out the model that you, that's going to be perfect for you. What I'm going to have you do is take a picture of Deb, the spa lady, in the swim spa, send it to my mom down in Arizona, and I'm just saying there's room on the yeah. patio down here for it. <laughs> we could do that, and, and I would even come on the delivery for that one. Well, we, we get you to some Royal Spring training, too. I know you'd smile about oh. that. <laughs> That would be so fun. Oh, gosh. We need, we have all these plans. We need to come through with all of them, Chris. We have been talking way too long. We need to do it. Deb's going to make a Pac-12 road trip, right? <laughs> down, to, <laughs> down to Arizona with uh, with a spa under uh, each arm for us. Deb, uh, what, uh, folks can, can see you regular hours, uh, 20th and Highway 2, of course, and, but we, we urge you to check out the La Vista Conference Center. Where can folks go to find out uh, – all the info they want from you about home innovation spas. They can stop at either of our locations, Lincoln or Omaha, and probably the easiest thing is to go online, spasonline.com. Deb, thanks so much. Thank you, Chris. Bye-bye. We'll talk to you Saturday. Enjoy first round of NCAA tournament coverage Thursday and Friday here on ESPN Lincoln. We'll be back on Saturday. Hail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery.